0: Good evening, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, the midweek service for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I'm Pastor Larry Crispin, and I pray that you're blessed as this broadcast reaches you on this evening. May I pray with you, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for your people, for those who are connected to this broadcast now. Lord, I pray your strength and your encouragement be upon them. Allow their hearts, their minds, and their spirits to be open to your word as it shall come forth. Do not allow them to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus name. Amen. And God bless you. Let us go quickly to the word of the Lord. We're going to Luke, the 19th chapter, and we'll be looking at verses one through 10. Again, that's Luke chapter 19. And we're looking at verses one through 10. And the word of the Lord says he entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. I want to talk to you today. We're continuing our thought from Sunday, and I encourage those who did not watch to go back and stream with us from Sunday. This past Sunday, we're sharing from the thought. You can't see me. This is part two of that series. And on Sunday, we talked about toxic people and the importance of making sure that we flee toxic situations and toxic environments for us, for what God has put in us to be able to breathe. Today we want to talk more about Zacchaeus and what he did in terms of overcoming being small in stature and compensating for that by climbing up in the tree to see Jesus. The interesting thing about that is that many people had opinions about Zacchaeus and you saw that in the scripture. In the text there, when Jesus said, I must come to your house, people began to judge Zacchaeus and they said, "Why?" basically they're saying, Jesus, why are you going to be the guest of a man? who is a sinner and i know somebody out there who's listening to this can can you can identify uh, with being judged you can you can empathize with zacchaeus for being judged for your past for what you have done for what who you're with or what you've done in your past and decisions that you've made and maybe even where you are now you might feel judged right where you are but I don't want you to feel judged because Jesus decided of his own that because of the effort of Zacchaeus, because his heart was in the right place, because he was seeking after him, and that's who God seeks. God desires people not who are in the right place, not who have always done the right thing, not who are situated in the sanctuary and think that makes them righteous. He seeks those who seek after him. And that's exactly what Zacchaeus was doing. He was seeking to see Jesus. He wasn't seeking to be seen. And that might be a mistake of the text. When Zacchaeus goes up into the tree, someone might say this sinful man just wants to be seen. But to be clear and to clarify the text, Zacchaeus it makes it clear in the scripture that Zacchaeus did not go up in the tree for the purpose of being seen. He went up in the tree for the purpose of seeing Jesus. He knew that if he stayed where he was, because if he was of small stature, that he would not get a glimpse of Jesus. So then he ran up there just so that he could see Jesus for himself. And that's what Jesus wants. Jesus desires those who seek after him. And so, again, he rises up in the tree not to be seen, not so that others can acknowledge him, but so that he see jesus and sometimes your motives might be questioned by others when you're trying to get closer to jesus somebody might question your motives like zacchaeus you might not be trying to be seen but you're just trying to get a view of jesus you're just trying to see him you're just trying to be close to him you're just trying to develop a closer relationship with god And sometimes even in trying to do the right thing and trying to get closer to God, someone might question your motives. But Zacchaeus, he wasn't worried about anybody else. He was just trying to overcome his own deficiency in being small in stature. He was trying to get up in the tree so that he could see Jesus. And while he was there, while he was making his way to get a view of Jesus, yes, he was exposed. And Jesus saw him. Jesus sees you wherever you are in your situation, whatever you've done in your past, whatever you might even be doing now. You might not know. No, no person is perfect, but whatever situation you find yourself in now, I just want to remind you that Jesus sees you. And when I say that, I don't say that from a place of judgment. I say that from a place of rescue. I say that from a place of encouragement. That whatever predicament you found yourself in, or let's be honest, whatever predicament we have gotten ourselves into ourselves, Jesus sees you. Jesus is aware of what you're dealing with. Jesus is powerful and compassionate enough to deliver us from wherever we are, even from our self-inflicted wounds. Jesus, much like he saw Zacchaeus, he also sees us. One thing I want to note about Zacchaeus, again, this was not a selfish move to get into the tree, but he exposed himself when he got up to the tree because Jesus was more clearly able to see him, even though Jesus being omniscient knows everything anyway. He knew every person that was in the place, but it was his choice to focus his view on Zacchaeus. So when he goes to speak to Zacchaeus, he says, Zacchaeus, he said, come down from the tree. I'm coming to your house. And when he says, I'm coming to your house, I want you to get this. This is is a conference of favor upon Zacchaeus. He's conferring his favor. He's saying, Zacchaeus, of all the people that are here, of all of those who are judging you right now, of all of those who are not only judging you, but that are judging me as well, because Jesus was being judged because he was going to the house of a sinner. He said, of all the people that have something to say about what is happening right now, I'm not worried about that. I'm concerned about you. I'm conferring the favor of my presence upon you. Come down from where you are, Zacchaeus, because today, notice how he said it. I must stay at your house. I must stay at your house. So if Jesus is saying he must stay, that it's a necessity that he stays there. We understand that that necessity has nothing to do with the needs of Jesus and everything to do with the needs of Zacchaeus. Jesus said, I must come to your house because there is something profound that is going to happen. There is something that my being in your house is going to bring you that you most desperately need. And I came to tell that to somebody today who's in need, somebody who's in who is in want, somebody who is desiring something from God that Jesus is saying, I must stay at your house. I I, I dare you to welcome him in with your praise. I dare you to welcome him in with your prayer. I dare you to invite him in even right now and just say, Lord, come in." Lord, come in to my house, come in to my circumstances, come into my situation, come in to my atmosphere, come in and to my environment. Because whatever environment Jesus enters, he immediately makes it better. The environment doesn't change our Savior. Our Savior changes the environment. The disciples had a full display of that when they were passing through Lake Gennesaret and there was a storm that came out over the sea and Jesus was fast asleep in the ship and Peter woke up Jesus and said, carest thou not that we perished? And Jesus got up over the ship and just spoke to the wind and the waves and said, peace, be still. When he did that, he was showing that he was in control of the atmosphere. He was in control of the environment. And just like he did that day on the sea, so can Jesus speak peace into the stormy seas of your current situation. So can Jesus speak peace over the wind that is blowing you in every direction. So can Jesus speak peace over the storm that seems like it's about to carry you away. The environment doesn't change Jesus, but Jesus, he changes the environment. I have something else i want to share and i'm going to be finished but one of the things i talked about was that that by climbing up in the tree that he was exposed his need was exposed what god desired for him was exposed and i dare say that even his gift was exposed that which god put in him was exposed and i wanted to share that with somebody because somebody some there are many of you out there Your gifting is great, and I told you gifting can look look like so many different things. Sometimes we put gifts in a box and we confine them to singing or speaking, Uh, but there are so many gifts that God gives us, and some of us just need to get in touch with the gift that we have. Some of you have a gift of connections people just connect to you some of you have a gift uh, of of advice people come to you to seek advice some of you have have a gift of invitations wherever you go people tend to follow you around do you, you you just a gift have a gift of leadership you know you have a gift that 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 also it seems like every person who is in the most need it seems like they always find you you have there are so many several gifts that giftings that are out there and often we we just reflect on a few but i came to share with you that you have a gift. It's just a matter of you tapping into the gift that God gave you and not only tapping into it, but using it for his purpose. You have never felt more in touch with God than when you used, you use his gift for his purpose. Many of us are using God's gift for work and we're using God's gift to make money and we're not using God's gift for his purpose. And I'm not saying that you're, you're not uh, allowed to use the gift for other reasons, but what I'm saying is you never feel more in tune with God than you do when you use his gift for his purpose. When you have a gift, it doesn't matter if people acknowledge you or not. And I'll, I'll share that because sometimes people can be jealous of the gift that you have. People will try and ignore you. And we talked more of that on Sunday. And again, I challenge you to go back and look at that uh, that stream from Sunday morning. People will ignore you. People will look over you. People pretend like they don't see you. They'll see you and then act like you're not there. But despite their best efforts, God's gift in you will always shine through. They might try to look over you, but (laughs) the God that works through you, they can't get past it. Because what happens even when it tries to be ignored, your gift has a tendency to start unwrapping itself. It has a tendency of revealing itself. Can't help but think of Joseph that wherever Joseph went, his gift revealed itself. He was in the pit, he was sold into slavery in Egypt, but his gift kept revealing itself. He was in charge of the house of Potiphar because his gift kept revealing itself. He was thrown into jail under false pretenses, but even in the jail, they put him over all, in charge of all of those who were in the prison because his gift kept revealing itself. And ultimately he was in the presence of the baker and the butler in, in prison. And when he revealed to him his, their dream, they told it to Pharaoh and Pharaoh put him in charge of everybody in Egypt. Except for him. Why? Because his gift kept revealing itself. I'm telling you, you have something powerful in you. God's gift is in you. And it does not matter if people recognize you, if they call your name, if they set you to the side. And sometimes some of you feel like you're in a situation where you are limited. Jesus said a man without honor, even in his own country. It seems like even sometimes the greatest gift gifting that God gives you. Sometimes you have to go outside of even where you have been and where you come from for it to reveal itself. God called Abraham. He said, come from amongst your kindred. He said, because I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I think God was saying to Abram in a way that I'm about to do something so profound for you that if I don't get you away from those people who are kin to you, they'll try to smother the great gift that I put inside of you. Your gift will reveal itself. It will uncover itself. God is saying, I'll uphold you with my right hand. And and, and he's telling you, I'm going to bless you and put you in favorable places. So when you know you're operating inside God's gift, let me give you this and I'm I'm going to close. Don't waste time trying to prove to someone else to change, trying to change someone else's opinion of you. Don't waste time trying to change someone else's opinion of you. Spend that time changing your own mind. Why why are you wasting your time trying to prove somebody else wrong or prove somebody else right? Don't waste your time trying to prove, change someone else's opinion of you. Because a lot of times while you're wasting your time doing that, the person you're trying to impress or whose mind you're trying to change isn't even paying attention. You're wasting your time and you're wasting your energy. Instead of worrying about whether or not you're changing someone else's mind, make sure that you have changed your own mind. Make sure you changed your own mind because i will come to tell you, just ask the prodigal son. There's nothing more powerful than a changed mind. Nothing more powerful than a changed mind. Prodigal son in, in all of his wandering and getting away, taking all his father's inheritance and spending it all and finding himself in the middle of a pig pen and about to eat the corn husk that the pig did eat. When he when he got there, he didn't have a, an evangelist, didn't come and deliver him from where he was. He didn't have a, 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 a coach, you know, a self-help coach to come and take him out of where his situation was. He didn't call a psychic to get him out. In fact, he didn't call a missionary, he didn't call a minister, he didn't call a preacher, he didn't call a pastor. It didn't take any of those things. But while he was in the midst of that dire circumstance, he he changed his own mind. It says he came to himself, himself, his mind changed. He recognized that it would be better to be a servant in his father's house than to remain in the condition where he was. His whole circumstances, his whole life, did a 180 simply because he looked himself in the mirror and he changed his own mind. I challenge you to do that about yourself. Stop wasting your energy on other people. Stop trying to prove somebody, somebody wrong. Somebody said you're going to be like your daddy. Don't waste time trying to disprove what someone else said. Somebody said you're going to wind up and be nothing. You're not going to have anything. Stop wasting your time trying to change someone else's mind. The most powerful thing that you can do for yourself is to look yourself in the mirror and change your own mind. And as I often say, it starts by looking at yourself differently. You want to live with a changed mind? Look in the mirror and attempt to see yourself the way God sees you. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these few moments that we've had with your people. Allow your word to penetrate our hearts, to reveal unto us that which you've already seen in us. Help us to live with a changed mind. Help us to tap into the gift that you've poured inside of us. Timothy says, stir up the gift of God that is in us. Help us to do that. To work inside that gifting and lord once we've started to work in it make sure that we're using the gifting for your purpose because there is nothing that more strongly connects us to you is when we're walking in our purpose and using our gifts for your sake and lord we ask all these things in my son jesus name amen i pray god's blessings upon you i pray that something that has been said has been a blessing has been an encouragement to you has strengthened your faith has caused you to wanna walk with Christ a little more closely, has caused you to look at yourself a little bit differently. I want you to look in the mirror, I want you to remind yourself that instead of wasting my energy trying to change someone else's opinion of me, let's make sure I'm living with a changed mind myself. Let's make sure that I'm looking at myself the way God desires so I can accomplish everything that he has for me to do. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you are touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.